Tupac Shakur and Notorious B.I.G. are hip-hop icons. Their murders in 1996 and 1997 left fans reeling and asking many questions, mainly... Who killed them? A man who knows the answer is former LAPD detective who was in charge of reopening and investigating the case, Greg Caden. I caught up with him when he was in Dublin. Greg, 20 years on almost, there is still massive interest in this case. Why? I don't, man, it surprises me too. I mean, these guys were just such hip hop legends and they had such a following, but it's not confined to a generation it no. transcends generations and you know just I'm, I'm fascinated by it too but I think one of the reasons that so many people are curious about it is because they've never been publicly solved and you're like how does that happen how could two people that are so important and popular have been murdered in broad you know yeah in public like that and not uh, ever have a resolution to it it is a massive case and you know when you work Um, You want to get the big cases and stuff. But when they do end up in your lap, besides the initial, great, I get to work on this, what is going through your mind? You're trying to figure out, you know, what we've done right, what we've done wrong, what we need to redo, you know, coming up with some type of investigative strategy that would be more effective than, 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 you know, what is proven not to work. So, you know, there's all these new challenges. And unfortunately for a a case like this that has gang elements to it, um, at that point, you know, that creates or presents its own set of challenges. How do you deal with those challenges? Because I know I start to get really frustrated, especially if I know someone knows the answer and they're not giving it to me. How do you not lose your cool? Well, or do you lose you're your cool? That I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I suffer those frustrations too. But you have to, you know, there's so much psychology involved in it when you're talking to people and trying to understand why they won't want to cooperate with you and, and trying to overcome those barriers. But... Yeah, it's certainly frustrating. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the people that pay the price are the victims and the victims' families because mm. they're not getting the justice they deserve. Because the reason why this case was reopened, because it was closed, you know, it was a cold case for about 10 years. Right. But the reason why it was opened was Biggie's mum was suing the LAPD. Yeah, she had a massive lawsuit against the city of Los Angeles and uh, against the police department. And that is what reinvigorated the case. That caused the LAPD to take it very seriously and and uh, assign new investigators to it and, and hopefully get to the bottom of it. Were you allowed access to everything or were the LAPD going, you know what, this is very close to home. You're not having this, this and that. We, we want to come out clean. Yeah, it, we, we had what was called Operation Transparency. And it was just that. We had access to all the internal affairs investigation, investigative materials, all the FBI's investigative material, everything from the prior decade of investigation. We had free access to it all. And we had an unlimited budget. I mean, we were spending tons of money because it costs a lot of money to conduct these major investigations. And so... It was, a, it was really just a green light to try to get it done. It was great that you had that green light, but that green light means that you also have to work on this 24-7. Yeah. How do you deal with that? Because, you know what, you're not just Greg the, the detective. You are Greg a person. So how are you dealing with this mentally? Well, sometimes you get lost you get lost in that and you are just Greg the detective and you lose touch with, you know, other things that should be priorities in your life and you make this ultimately your priority and... So something has to give, and you make sacrifices. Um, but but that's, th- th- that's the cost of it. If you really want to solve these cases, you have to be all in. Um, otherwise, you're just punching a clock, going to work, and not taking it seriously enough. But are you mentally exhausted? Like, is there mental fatigue? There is. 
um, there's mental fatigue, there's emotional fatigue, um, you know, there's strain on relationships. Mm. And so, yeah, it, it, it takes its toll. Um, but that's what you sign up for, you know. But then what happens when, because, you know, for three years you were running on adrenaline, right? And then all of a sudden this case comes to a close. You're thrilled because you get to the bottom of it, you have your answers because you say you, you do know effectively who killed Conclusively, yeah. absolutely. But what happens that day where you go, okay, here's the information, I'm done. Is there a part of you that feels a little bit lost? Yeah, it's like getting kicked in the stomach, you know, to know that you know what you know and not be able to um, ultimately use that information in the way it was meant to be used, which is to prosecute people. Um, yeah, it's really frustrating. Uh, you just have to kind of accept it for what it is and, and try to move on. What about from a personal level, though, when, you know, you do wake up and you go, okay, I'm going straight into work. This is, it's become who effectively you are. How do you deal with redefining yourself once that case is closed? A lot of people, career law enforcement guys, have trouble ever, ever redefining. They only know themselves as a cop. And, uh, and then when they leave the job, they get lost. They don't have that identity that they've created for themselves. It took a little while for me. It took me about a year to kind of really move away from the job and realize that it was, uh, you know, just a chapter in life. Yeah. And that you have to move on and, and do something else with yourself. Well, it was literally a chapter in life because you wrote quite a few chapters. Yeah. <laughs> and you, wrote, you wrote a book about it, which has now gone on to become a Netflix series, Unsolved the Murders of Tupac and the, tor- the Notorious B.I.G. And I love the casting in this yeah. uh, josh duhamel yeah. is you yeah. did you choose that <laughs> i would no but i would if i had the choice he's who i would have chose yeah so now the whole you know anybody that i've never met just they automatically assume i look like josh Duhamel. <laughs> I mean, you know, is it strange though because you know you you wrote about this that's so quite yeah. cathartic and you executive produced this as well so you were on set all the time right. is it strange watching josh be you and you know because we all have our memories so we know how things played out yeah. but you're actually getting to see them reenacted again how did that feel for you it, that, that was very surreal there were times when i was disconnected to it i'm watching josh portray a detective yeah but then there's times where i'm watching him and I'm like wow that was my life and so there it was very surreal to to see that and then to see it on screen um it's 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 a strange thing and now you're touring the world with q and a's what is the most common question that people throw at you well <laughs> Unfortunately, there's people out there that still think Tupac's alive. I was going to say, can and you? So. <laughs> is, this is like the Elvis of our generation, right? right? Is Tupac still alive? I read somewhere that he's living in Malaysia, yeah. living it up, is he? No, absolutely <laughs> not. Um, that's just a fantasy. Tupac Shakur died on sep- uh, September 13th of 1996. And unfortunately, you know, I would like to say he's alive. Yeah. The truth is the truth. And no. Um, but I get a lot of questions just uh, all across the board. Uh, people want to know, you know, what I what I thought of their music. You know, Were you a I, fan before no, investigating? No, not at all. Are you a fan now? I am. I, I've grown. I, I've learned to. I've developed an appreciation for not only who they were as people, but what they were accomplishing with their lives. And even though back at that time. I, I thought it was somewhat anti, you know, social, but now I've really learned to appreciate, um, you know, I guess, you know, what it would have been like to walk in their shoes, Yeah. you know, to have been them and to understand how they got to that point and why they were talking about the things they were talking about. Yeah. I have got so many more questions that I want to ask you, but I'm going to leave that up to the audience. Greg, thank you so much Absolutely. for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me.